Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. I am Jason. I am John. We had Miami coming in for our second conference series of the new year. Uh, Miami in the bottom of the NCHC, but this is a team like we talked about last week who always seems to have our number, uh, at least in recent years, Jason. Uh, we went one and three against Miami last year, so anything was possible coming into this series. Friday night, Jason. UNO gets off to a fast start. One minute in, Matt Miller gets the goal with assist Ty Mueller and Jack Randall. UNO gets up one to nothing, Jason. UNO tends to be very successful when they score first uh, in games. What did you think of that goal by Miller? What did you think of UNO's chances a minute in to the Friday night game? I felt okay about it. I, I, you know, I'd much rather get the first goal than give up the first goal. I think that's pretty obvious, but we play better with the lead. Most teams play better with the lead. So so that really kind of helped. I was a little worried about sometimes we have a tendency to to score a goal and then just kind of let up, let off our system, just get a little too comfortable with things. Um, and for a while there, it was kind of looking like uh, like that was the case. Post midway through the first period, uh, Miami evens the score. And I tell you, I... Going into that first intermission, I was like, uh, this is going to be one of those games that, that we're going to struggle to talk about because it was seeming like that usual UNO thing where we were playing down to Miami and Miami is going to do their their thing and just kind of hang around and wait for a, you know, a late bounce their way and bang, bang, and they pull out you know three points out of the weekend. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't go through this again. But the second period was all UNO, Jason. And uh, 4.36 into the period, Jimmy Glynn uh, gets what turns out to be the game-winning goal. Uh, it was only his second goal of the season. And I'll tell you, we've seen him uh, have a lot of opportunities this season. He's kind of like this season's Tristan Keck. Uh, for the fans who don't remember, Tristan Keck was a guy who constantly got great looks at the net. Uh, but he just couldn't put them in. They were high, they were wide. And so Jimmy Glenn uh, gets his second goal of the season, which turns out to be the game-winning goal. It was followed up a few minutes later by a Pavanka, who puts UNO up 3-1, to one, a good position for them uh, to be in at that point. And then midway through the second period, Matt Miller bookends the scoring for the night with an assist from uh, Jack Randall. Uh, the goal came off of a cross-ice pass uh, for Randall. So UNO gets the first night win, which was a good result. It was a good tone setter for the weekend. What did you think after that Friday night win, Jason? It took a lot of pressure off of us for the weekend. Uh, you know, the guys seem to, they seem to be a little bit stressed in that first game. And I think it was because, like we talked about, you have to beat the teams that you need to beat uh, if you want to stay where you are. And I don't know if they scoreboard watch, but we weren't getting a lot of help from uh, Denver or uh, Western Colorado College Series. So you got to be looking at those thinking, you know, we're going to have to take care of this. And and there were a lot of passes that were missed. There was a lot of outlets that just were close but not on. And and just a lot of little mistakes and giveaways in our zone that we've kind of been plagued by. I was really hopeful after that win that come Saturday's game that we would just have no fear and, and just kind of go out there and fly around. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, though, uh, going into that Saturday night game, I was a little bit worried when the uh, – 
when the uh, lineups came out before the game on Saturday night. Ty Mueller, who's been a key part of our offense, he was a scratch for the night. Nolan Krenzen, Brock Bremer, Caden Bolson, all four uh, really key players for UNO in the lineup. But certainly Mueller was the big one. Uh, somebody had told me that he took a puck um, on uh, Friday night. I did not see that. I don't know if you saw that or not, Jason, but going into that game, I was a little bit concerned. And to be honest with you, the game was really, really close. It was 0-0 for most of the way. And I thought the Mavs seemed like they were having trouble getting the puck out of their defensive zone. They were having trouble uh, sustaining puck possession in their offensive zone. It looked like one of those games where a little weird bounce, a weird bobble, the game could go either way. But uh, 359 into the third period, Jimmy Glenn, the guy uh, we talked about last night who got the game winning goal, gets uh, the first goal for UNO. The first goal of the game puts UNO up one to nothing early in the third period. Jason, how did you think UNO had played up until that point when Glenn got the goal? I thought we were pretty sloppy. There was there were some plays to be excited about. There were some really good opportunities that that we just could not convert on. Generally speaking, I just it just didn't seem to be sharp and and there didn't seem to be kind of the energy that that we've had in in other games and that could come back to haunt you. Like you said, uh, Glenn gets us on the board and, and that takes some pressure off late. You mentioned Mueller being out and, you know, he's one of those guys that, that we do rely a, a lot on. You know, he plays power play, he plays penalty kill. So he's an all situations guy. We also missing Bolson. Like we missed him for injury earlier this season. And he's that energy guy. He's not the guy that's probably going to be on the score sheet uh, every night. He's probably not going to make your, your leading scorer role, but he seems to bring an energy to this team that we were, we were really missing on Saturday. I felt like there just wasn't a lot of a get up and go. He's a guy that I know you've been impressed with this season. I've been impressed with him. So tough not having him in the lineup. One of the interesting controversies early in the game uh, and this was when uh, Kirby Proctor and uh, Miami's Dylan Moulton got called uh, for coincidental minors for roughing was Tyler Rollwagon. And this was at 1925 uh, in the first period. Ty Tyler Rollwagon uh, gets called. And on the score sheet, it says unsportsmanlike conduct. But when the official went out to center ice and uh, flipped his microphone on, he said two minutes for shooting the puck, which I guess was the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. What did you think of uh, Tyler Rollwagon getting two minutes, Jason, for shooting the puck at the end of the first? I know you stopped by uh, as you were headed down the stairs to the concourse uh, to mention that, but I, I thought that was interesting. A lot of fans were talking about that on Twitter. I'm sure there was an actual penalty there. I would hope there's actually a penalty there, but it was not communicated effectively to the audience. Like there is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for shooting the puck into the net after the whistle. And it exists for player safety because goalies can often be in a very vulnerable position. And so when the whistle blows, all players are supposed to just let up and you shouldn't finish that play. I, I never saw it. Like I never saw the puck get shot anywhere. So I'm very confused by that. And when you come out and just say two-minute penalty for shooting the puck, it's kind of like, I think I yelled, like, what sport are we playing here? Because last I checked, that was the point of hockey, was to shoot the puck and score goals. So to get a penalty for it seems kind of uh, ridiculous. As Jason and I have talked about many times, uh, some interesting officiating from uh, the NCHC officials. Cameron Burr goes on uh, with about 25 uh, seconds. 
left in the third period, Jason. He caps off the scoring. Uh, the UNO ends up winning the game two to nothing. Uh, freshman goaltender Simon Lacozzi gets uh, a shutout, his first as a UNO Maverick. Berg's goal, Jason, was the only power play goal on the weekend, and it was an empty net goal. UNO went one for nine on the power play this weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know we were talking about that. Normally, uh, the power play is one of our strengths. Uh, we are a good, solid power play team. Credit to Dave Noel Bernier, who coaches the power play. But what did you think against a team like Miami going one for nine on the power play? And it's not just going one for nine. It's, it's how you go one for nine. You know, and it's like, I don't even want to count our one. It's two seconds left in the power play, and they'd already pulled their goalie trying to get back in it because they were down by one. Like, it's an empty net power play goal. I don't, I mean, in my book, I mean, I know on the score sheet it counts, but, like, I'm not counting that one. I'm saying we're 0 for 8. Like, it's just, and it was how. It was, there just didn't seem to be urgency to get the puck to the net. And when we did have opportunities, we were missing wide, uh, especially our defensemen. There were a couple times that I saw Mancini just have, you know, where, where we sit sometimes in the different periods, like you have a pretty good angle from things that happen on that side. And so I really felt like we were almost like right behind him, kind of seeing that same lane. And he had a, he did a great job of getting himself into position to make the shot, to give himself a chance. And he puts it, you know, six, eight inches to the left. It's deflating when you do all these really good things. You have all these really good plays that lead up to nothing. It was frustrating because I really felt going into this when, when we were talking last week that the difference maker really was going to be special teams. Our power play being so highly ranked and their penalty kill being so lowly ranked meant that if we can just stay level five on five with Miami, like I liked our chances. And when we got so many power plays on Friday, like I kept thinking one of these has got to go in, right? And it just, it just didn't seem like they had the connection that they've had in the past so far this season. And I'm kind of hoping it's just a one-off thing because if this continues, it's not going to go well for us in, in Kalamazoo when we go out to Western Michigan. UNO is on a five-game winning streak currently, going back uh, to the loss against St. Lawrence on December 30th. And the Mavs, as you alluded to, are currently sitting in third place in the conference. St. Cloud and Denver are first and second with 29 points. We're right up there at 27. Western Michigan uh, is sitting there in fourth place with uh, 25 points. And Colorado College is sixth with 20. So anything can happen. Uh, Two of the stalwarts, as we've talked about before, Minnesota Duluth and North Dakota, are sitting sixth and seventh respectively. And uh, this week's opponent, Miami, uh, is in last place uh, with seven points in the conference, Jason. Uh, like you said, they've got to keep things going. Uh, what do you think about where UNO stands right now? I mean, it's a it's a pretty great position considering how young this team is. A lot of new guys uh, uh, filling key roles for UNO. Uh, it's a good position for them to be in. It is, and it's an unexpected position, I think, for a lot of people. You know, even us, you know, I think at the preseason, you would remind me, I think you put them fifth, maybe. I did. I picked them fifth. Yeah. And I was thinking that was like an overly optimistic uh, approach to the season, given that young talent, you know, where chemistry was going to hit, um, you know, losing goal scorers and saying, you know, how are we going to get 
how we're going to get the puck in the net. Cause I really didn't see last season, you know, a lot from Mueller uh, offensively. And so, and we certainly didn't see what we're seeing this season from Jack Randall. So there's a lot of surprises this season. The hesitation is, you know, down the stretch now where we're seeing NCHC teams week in and week out. The realist in me is thinking like, when does this regress back to the norm? Uh, as we say in statistics, like we're, we're overperforming and at some point in time, we're going to come back and, or can they ride this is, you know, all the way through is a, is a big question, but we're sitting in a point where even if we have a bad weekend next weekend, we're still going to be in fourth because Carroll college can't catch us that weekend. So that's a, that's a relief that, you know, like one weekend's not going to necessarily hurt you, but you are in a tight race. You, you are within striking distance because you're only two points out of first. So you're within striking distance of, of being the top team in what arguably is one of the top conferences in college hockey. But you also just as easily in a couple weekends could slip out of a home playoff spot. So there's a lot of pressure yeah. on the guys to keep this up. Do you think we can do this? Do you think they can hold on to, to this performance that they've been doing and keep, keep pushing in the standings? I don't have the foggiest idea, <laughs> <laughs> what they can do i you know i think they have a really good opportunity you've got uh you've been a couple weeks uh you've got uh, colorado college coming into town they've got a road swing uh out at miami you get saint cloud at home and then you cap off the season uh with north dakota so i think that there's a really good opportunity for uno if they just uh, stay resilient keep playing strong they could finish near the top of the conference they could finish in the bottom half of the conference at this point there's still so much in flux and a lot of it depends on how they play what our injury situation hopefully we'll get Ty Mueller back for that Western Michigan series because we could really use him in the lineup for that it'll just be interesting to see but it's a great position for UNO to be in Uh, it was good to get the uh, sweep of Miami even though it was ugly at times Good to get those two wins and those six points. Uh, it keeps UNO uh, in a great position in the conference. So, uh, so we'll just have to see, Jason. But, uh, but I've got to ask you who your player of the weekend is. Last weekend, you picked uh, uh, grad student uh, Jake Pabanka, who had a really nice weekend uh, in UNO's sweep against Minnesota Duluth. Who did you like in our sweep against uh, the Miami Redhawks? Well, I think the obvious choice I'll take just to get them off the board and put a little bit more pressure on you. But Jimmy Glenn had probably the best weekend I've seen him have this season. And with a pair of game winners this weekend, uh, for a while there, I thought might be the only game on Saturday, the only goal on Saturday's in Saturday's game. Um, and it's more than that. Like, I really liked his effort. He seems to be gelling well with that line. He's kind of one of those grind mount kind of guys. Uh, coach talks about character guys a lot. You know, I think Jimmy Glenn really kind of fits that. You know, I know him and Miller are, are there's a lot of, of camaraderie there. I see them together a lot uh, in the, in the lobbies with the post-game celebration and stuff. I'll take Glenn and uh, put some pressure on you and see who you take. It was good to see him uh, break through and have some scoring success this weekend because in recent weeks, he's had a number of great opportunities. So uh, great for Jimmy Glenn to have some success. I'm going to pick a player you just mentioned. Matt Miller had two goals on Friday night. 
He bookended the scoring. He's third on the team in scoring with nine goals and 10 assists. Uh, he's a player I really liked. Originally, he was a, uh, he was a uh, commit uh, to Michigan State, uh, ends up coming to UNO, and I think he's been a great fit uh, for uh, Coach Gabinet's system. Friday night was Miller time. Uh, glad to see him have success, Jason. Yeah, he's another kid that I really like. Uh, it's been been a good player for UNO. And the other player I almost picked, Jason, was Simon Lacosi, the freshman goaltender. Uh, he had his first shutout as a Mav on Saturday nights, and he has a 1.95 goals against average this season. So the past uh, few outings for him have been really good, uh, and I'm uh, – I'm excited to see uh, see how he does down the stretch. Uh, you know, it's been relatively rare to see uh, Coach Gabinette uh, stick with a two-goalie rotation, but uh, both of the goaltenders, Kaharski on Friday, Lakosi on Saturday, uh, it's it's worked out well for UNO. You could have picked them as a unit. You know, when, when they're only playing one game, it's hard to pick one or the other because they both had really good performances this weekend. And, and as a unit, the goaltending has been... Uh, a pleasant series. And that was another one of the things that going into into the season, there were a lot of question marks for UNO was what was the goaltending going to look like? You've got a freshman uh, European uh, coming in, you know, and sometimes they have trouble adjusting to the size of the ice and the angles and net, the play in front of them and, and some of the physicality that comes with American hockey, North American hockey. Uh, so he's really adapted well. And then you've got a, a transfer coming in. You know, you just don't know how they're going to adapt to a new system and stuff. Friday night, I was I was about ready to think that Mueller was going to be my pick for the weekend because I really thought he had a an excellent game on on Friday. I struggled with whether or not I should pick him, even though he didn't play on Saturday because of the injury. He had a he, he's another guy we gotta we gotta call out this weekend because, uh, like we said earlier, plays every situation is a glue guy for this uh, for this team and. And when he's performing well, this team performs well. Ty Mueller is great. Hope he's back in the lineup of this upcoming weekend uh, for Western Michigan. We shall see. But before we talk about that Western Michigan series, we have our things you missed at Baxter Arena. We had another figure skater from the uh, figure skating club of Omaha on a Friday night. She was wearing a very sparkly outfit. So that's become... Uh, part of the uh, Friday night intermission routine. Um, Saturday night, we had the UNO alumni band. Uh, my understanding is that some of the alumni band members mixed in with the uh, regular pep band members. I uh, wanted to give a shout out to uh, Tim Wagner, uh, who uh, played the trombone, and uh, Michael Sharp, uh, who pointed out that the alumni band was going to be there. So Bridget got some footage of that. So uh, always nice to see UNO alums uh, come back and uh, perform with the pep band and support the team. When they do the Lawler's t-shirt cannon t-shirt toss, because we sit in the upper bowl near the top uh, in 216, the t-shirt doesn't always make it our way. But uh, on Friday night, the cheerleaders came up and threw t-shirts to our section. Uh, this was kind of a rarity, but I thought I would point it out since we talk about all these little things and and we, we got one of the shirts. It's just a simple white t-shirt that says Baxter. What do you think of that shirt, Jason? I've, I, you know, I've seen people unravel them when they, when they get them. 
I've never seen someone wear one yet, so I'm going to challenge you to actually put it on for one of these games. I really should have put it on for this podcast. So uh, speaking of T-shirts, Jason is wearing the gray Omaha hockey T-shirt that Summit Dental uh, gave out on Saturday night. Uh, The first 500 fans got one of the shirts. Jason, what do you think about the design of the shirts? Uh, what do you think about T-shirt giveaways before the game? Because it feels like it's been a while since they've done a T-shirt giveaway. Gosh, when was that that they – there was that season that they did the giveaway that there was on every seat, and so everyone got one. I was trying to remember. That was the whiteout game that they did. That was for a game against North Dakota. That might have been 2018, 2018 or 2019. Time flies, but yeah, that was, I think that was the last time I remember them doing a teacher giveaway. I could be wrong, but yes, you can see Jason modeling the shirt there. Omaha hockey on the front, the Summit Dental logo on the back. And uh, Summit Dental was responsible for the bobbleheads that we talked about in the first half of the season. So uh, Summit Dental's coming up. Coming up big. I still think they should sponsor the podcast, Jason. So uh, <laughs> so uh, that was kind of a nice little little perk on the screen on Saturday nights. Uh, during the intermission, there was a throwback guessing game sponsored by AARP. And as somebody who turned 50 last October, I had been getting mailings from AARP. I got my membership information from AARP. I have not signed up for AARP yet, but uh, but this was interesting. They had the players uh, guessing what uh, uh, old school technology was. They had a typewriter image for the players to guess. They had uh, one of the original floppy disks, one of those uh, one of those truly floppy disks from back in the day. They had a pager beeper having the guys uh, guess what those were. Um, I saw a little bit of it. I was visiting uh, with another fan during intermission, but uh, that was an interesting new thing, Jason. I, I don't. I can't remember. I don't think you saw that. I think you were out in the concourse during that, right? Uh, yeah, I was on the concourse, so I did not. I watched the video of it, uh, and that's what I've seen. It was it was an interesting little thing. I like those things. I you know the. So yeah, those are those are always kind of fun. I I would look forward to UNO doing more of those. Put our players in some awkward situation kinds of things. The guesses for uh, what the floppy disk was were uh, pretty entertaining. So uh, uh, we've got some player honors going on, Jason. The uh, NCHC, which is uh, celebrating its tenth anniversary this year, uh, they just released uh, a, a a docu series online called uh, The Rise of the NCHC. Jason and I will be talking about that in a future episode, uh, but the first episode's online. Uh, you can find a little write-up I did about it and uh, and the video uh, in the news section on mathpuck.com. So they're doing, uh, doing a historical perspective on the origins of the conference. But uh, one of the things, and we were talking about this via text this week, that the NCHC is doing are they're all NCHC decade teams. Uh, Initially, the players that they included on the list that fans get to vote on are the All-Americans and first-team All-Americans. And then there was a little bit of an outcry from a number of fans, including UNO fans, that that Jake Ginsel was not included considering the kind of success he's had in the NHL. But the UNO players included for you to vote on are... uh, former forwards Josh Archibald, David Pope, Austin Ortega, and the aforementioned Jake Gensel. They uh, updated their criteria now. 
and uh, defenseman Luke Snuggerud. We don't have any goaltenders on the list for the all-decade team, but voting is now open and will run through Tuesday, January 31st. And fans are able to vote once per day. They can uh, select six forwards, four defensemen, two goaltenders, and the NCHC has information about that on their Twitter account and on their website. And uh, you can find a write-up I have about it uh, in the news section on mapuck.com. But Jason, what do you think about an all-decade team? What did you think about the initial omission of Jake Ginsel from the list when it came out? What do you think about these sorts of things? I think it's fun. It's great that it's doing now. It's kind of like all-star voting in the NHL where they've opened that up to, to fan votes. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see to see them have a, if it was like UNO fans somehow vote or, you know, maybe it's UNO staff or something, vote on one player in, you know, and then the fans get to fill out a roster. Um, It'd be interesting to see them maybe balance it, you know, a couple, a couple skaters from, uh, you know, each team and and say like, these are kind of in the last decade, here's the best of, of each team type of thing. I'm really glad that they put Jake Gensel on there. I saw that they tweeted out an explanation as to why they left them off the original list. Uh, and I get that you have to draw the line somewhere, but that he's one of those players that I was just like, it made no sense that he was left off that, that list, even though I understand the criteria that they were using to make that list. I'm glad they uh, updated and added uh, some of those guys back in because uh, I obviously think that uh, you know, some of these all, uh, all conference, you know, all decade type teams, it's about more than just, uh, you know, statistical leaders, et cetera. So, uh, so yeah, get out there and vote. We would obviously encourage you to vote for the UNO players and don't vote for anybody else. Cause we don't want you, uh, diluting their chances of making, uh, one of the all decade teams, either the first, uh, team all decade or the second team all decade and uh and uh those all decade teams will be unveiled february 7th through 9th uh so be sure you're following uh, the nchc on social media to find out who won and then the final player honors that we have to talk about is uh is the uh, hobie baker nominees were announced on the hobie baker uh website at hobiebaker.com and uh forward jack randall uh, I and uh, Ty Mueller for UNO were on our list of Hobie Baker nominees. What do you think about those two guys being nominated? I think players are nominated by the school in this initial round. Uh, fans can uh, go to uh, HobieBaker.com and uh, find out more information. Currently, we're in the round where fans get to vote and narrow the list of Hobie Baker candidates. But what do you think of uh, Randall and Mueller uh, getting honored uh, as our Hobie Baker nominees this year? I think they're obvious choices, you know, Randall with the season that he's having, uh, leading scoring, uh, Mueller's just been like, we talked about the, he's that all situations guy. So it makes sense. I think that both are on there given that though. And what else is out there, uh, in college hockey, I'm not so sure that either of them are having the, uh, the game changing performance that you typically see from, uh, past award winners. So, um, I, I think the world of them, I just don't think they're going to stack up very well when the writers start getting into the, uh, into the equation. We've had some, uh, we've had some really legit candidates in the past. I remember back in the early 2000s, Scott Parse 
uh, one of the uh, Hobie Baker finalists uh, that we uh, that we were all pushing for here. I remember the bus trip we did during the season that he was uh, one of the one of the top candidates for the Hobie Baker Award. We actually made shirts for our bus trip crew that said "Parse for Hobie" on it. So, uh, so that was kind of a fun deal. Ryan Walters was another one that they uh, promoted uh, strongly for the Hobie Baker Award, and I remember UNO did a promotional T-shirt that they gave away to fans before a game that uh, that said Wally for Hobie for him. So uh, great honor. Uh, you never know what will come of it, but uh, it's kind of fun to follow. So uh, make sure to visit HobieBaker.com uh, to vote. Uh, and you can find a link to that in the news section at MavPuck.com. But we've got to turn to our next series. And this is this is going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting series, Jason. Uh, in the first half of the season, we swept Western Michigan at Baxter Arena, and uh, this Western team—they're uh, no joke. They are sixteen nine and one on the season. They are on a six-game winning streak. In the past two weekends, they went on the road and swept North Dakota and Colorado College. Uh, normally, when you think about Western Michigan in recent years, they're a team that's really strong in the confines of Lawson Ice Arena in Kalamazoo, but uh, they went and had a couple of really good road series, Jason. Uh, the players to watch are the players that everybody in college hockey are watching. Uh, senior forward Jason Poland has 23 goals and 13 assists on the season. He has like five hat tricks on the season. He's third in the nation in scoring. And then freshman forward Ryan McAllister has 11 goals, 29 assists on the season, and he leads the nation in scoring. Jason, we were talking a little bit about this uh, before the podcast today. What do you think about UNO going on the road to Lawson Ice Arena, having to, to deal with a good Western Michigan team, having to deal with the raucous Lawson lunatics, their student section in that arena. What do you think about uh, UNO going into this key series in NCHC conference play? Well, we swept them when they were here. They were not in either game what I would consider comfortable victories. Uh, that Friday night 7-6 win was friggin' tennis match. Like They jump out to a three-goal lead. We put up like seven straight and then they come back with three in the third and we're like digging our nails into our seats thinking when's the game tying goal coming and it's like you know the and I said it leading into Miami and in about the Miami series that I thought that that was one of those series that the power play the special teams was gonna gonna matter and and I think it's gonna probably matter more here you know they're a high scoring team we don't want to give them a lot of looks in the power play you know, and we need to keep them under one for five, one for six on the weekend to have a reasonable expectation that we're going to be able to kind of win that special teams battle. Uh, if we don't win the special teams battle, I, with the offensive powerhouse that their top line has been, I don't know where it comes from. We need the guys to step up. We need the Jimmy Glenn's, Matt Miller's to step up, have some production just to take the the attention away from the Wies-Bavanka line uh, and Mueller's line, uh, if assuming that, that Mueller's back. You know, if we can do that, if we can get that rounded out scoring, I like our, our, our chances, uh, especially if we can convert, you know, 25% on our power play. 
UNO is going to need production out of their top three lines this weekend in order to be successful. Uh, it should be an interesting series. Uh, the game times, the Friday game is at 6 p.m. Omaha time. The Saturday game is going to be at 5 p.m. Uh, it looks like Western Michigan, who's in the Eastern time zone, is doing the earlier time on Saturday night. A number of NCHC teams are doing that. I'm, I'm going to throw a little wrench in here, Jason, before we uh, before we give our picks. But what do you, as uh, somebody who has two daughters who are involved in a number of activities uh, on the weekends uh, during the fall and winter months, what do you think potentially in the future about UNO starting the Saturday game time at 6 o'clock Omaha time instead of 7 p.m. as they've been doing for years and years? I mean, I, I have concerns about it from a team standpoint. You know, it, you wouldn't think that the hour makes a difference, but most hockey players I know, particularly the ones playing at high levels, are very routine orientated. They eat the same meals at the same time. They do the same warm-ups at the same time. They make sure they, have, they listen to the same music. They tie the same skate. They put the same shin pad on. Like, your equipment goes on in an order, and we don't mess with the order. Like, they're superstitious, routine orientated, whatever you want to call that. So part of me just wonders like would how that would throw off our rhythm. You know, obviously other teams have done it and, and it doesn't seem to affect them. So maybe there really isn't anything to that. But uh, as a parent, like honestly, it kind of sometimes feels like a money grab. It's like right now at a seven o'clock start, I've got time to, you know, hit one of the restaurants uh, in Exarbon Village or, you know, fix dinner for the kids and, and us at home before we go. You know, if you're talking about a six o'clock start, I don't know that we want to eat that early. Like you start questioning like when you're going to do stuff and then you're, you know, buying food at the game and that's really expensive. Uh, so I hope that if they do it, they do some sort of family food pack or, uh, you know, discounted kids meals or something to kind of ease the, the challenges from a family standpoint of how you logistically move around that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try it. Uh, I still have mixed emotions. I don't know how I feel about it at all. I tend to be a creature of habit, so I'm fine with uh, 7 p.m. on Friday and 7 p.m. on uh, on Saturday night for the games. But uh, but it does seem to be a, a small trend uh, in the world of college hockey uh, on that uh, Saturday night game to start it an hour early. So we'll see what UNO decides to try in the future. But in this game up at Western Michigan, I'm going to say uh, we find a way to win Friday nights and we lose Saturday nights uh, against the Broncos. I'm with you on the split piece. I honestly think you're probably right that we win Friday and, and lose Saturday. But for the sake of having some deference to the podcast, I'll take the flip side of that and say that we uh, lose on Friday and win on Saturday. You can watch both of those games uh, on nchc.tv, which is the NCHC's uh, subscription service. But be sure to follow Mav Puck on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Bridget will be tweeting live updates during both of those games on Twitter on Friday and Saturday nights. Visit MavPuck.com for links to our social channels, back episodes of this podcast. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, we have a news section with all kinds of interesting uh, little articles and tidbits that I've put together. So until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs. <laughs>